This is the Book of Mormon for you. A daily dose of scripture thoughts by us kids to help us develop a love for the Book of Mormon to last a lifetime. Hey, 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 hey! Hey, everyone. It has been a crazy and frustrating day. My computer wouldn't work, and my microphone wouldn't work, and everything wouldn't work. And now it's 12.30 in the morning, and my sweet husband got things working. And so I'm just going to do this thing. I was thinking about, it's the end of the first year of this podcast, and I thought, if I could leave the kids with something, what would I want them to know? And I think it would be that you're not alone and that you can find answers to your prayers through the Book of Mormon. And that real happiness comes from looking outside yourself and following promptings to serve. And also, it's Christmas. And so I think it all comes together in one thing. Do, 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 do. Angels. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland said, I believe we need to speak of and believe in and bear testimony of the ministry of angels more than we sometimes do. So what do angels do besides be like a really cool part of our nativity? What do they do? So angels warn and comfort and proclaim and chastise and protect and strengthen our faith. Elder Holland said, usually such beings are not seen. Sometimes they are. But seen or unseen, they are always near. Sometimes their assignments are very grand and have significance for the whole world. Sometimes the messages are more private. Occasionally, the angelic purpose is to warn, but most often it is to comfort, to provide some form of merciful attention, guidance in difficult times. And another apostle, Elder Eyring, said, I know that the promise of angels to bear us up is real. And the story of Elisha is from the Bible, and it's awesome. Okay, so Elisha's out, and he's with his servant, and they go out in the morning, and the whole city was surrounded with horses and chariots, and his servant said, Master, how shall we do? Which is a funny thing to say. How shall we do? And Elisha said, don't worry, for they that be with us are more than that be with them. So there's more of us than them. These are just two guys looking at all of these chariots and all of these people ready to fight. And Elisha prayed and he asked Heavenly Father, said, open his eyes, open this little scared servant's eyes so he can see how things really are. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Do, 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 do. There were more of the good guys than the bad guys. And it's the same thing for us. If we could only see what was going on around us, we would feel so much better and so much braver. In Doctrine and Covenants 84, it says, I will go before your face. I will be on your right hand and on your left and my spirit shall be in your hearts, and mine angels round about you to bear you up. Doesn't that feel good? You are not alone. Sometimes angels warn us. Joseph, Jesus' dad, was warned by an angel to take his family out of Egypt to save Jesus' life. Sometimes angels protect us. Remember Daniel and the lion's den? And the lions were hungry, and they threw Daniel in there. Oh no, what we gonna do? That one. And the angels shut the lion's mouths so that they didn't eat Daniel. 
Remember when Nephi and Sam were being beat up by their brothers and they're hitting him with a stick and all of a sudden an angel shows up and says, what are you doing? Stop it. So they were protecting him too. Joseph Smith told a story about a vision that he had where he saw Brigham Young in a foreign land teaching the gospel. He said, an angel of God was standing above his head with a drawn sword in his hand protecting him and he did not see it. And when my daughter was on a mission, that made me feel better because she went through some scary times. They all got robbed one day on a bus and they stole everything they had and she waited until she got home to tell me these stories because they were scary, but I was okay while she was gone because I knew there was an angel above her head with a sword if the Lord needed it there. So there was a prophet. He was a few prophets ago, but it was President Harold B. Lee. And when he was a prophet, he told of a story about when he and his wife were on an airplane and they had been out visiting a mission and they both felt like they needed to go home early. So they got an earlier flight and while they're on the plane, something really cool happened. And this is what President Lee said. He said, as we approached a certain point en route, someone laid his hand upon my head. I looked up and I could see no one. That happened again before we arrived home, again with the same experience. Who it was, by what means or what medium, I may never know, except I knew that I was receiving a blessing that I came a few hours later to know I needed most desperately. Shortly after we arrived home, there came massive hemorrhages, which, had they occurred while we were in flight, I wouldn't be here today to talk about it. I know that there are powers divine that reach out when all other help is not available. Yes, I know that there are such powers. So there was an angel on the airplane that gave him a blessing a couple times so that his brain wouldn't bleed and he wouldn't die. It's amazing. And remember the story of the pioneers where they were saying that, well, I'll just read the quote. They said, I have pulled my handcart when I was so weak and weary from illness and lack of food that I could hardly put one foot ahead of the other. I have gone to some point I thought I could never reach only to feel that the cart began pushing me. I have looked back many times to see who was pushing my cart, but my eyes saw no one, and I knew then that the angels of God were there. Isn't that cool? What about when you're having a hard time? Wouldn't it be nice to know that there are angels helping you? Another job of angels is to proclaim. Just like at Christmas when they proclaimed the birth of Jesus Christ and all that big choir got to sing and everybody was so excited and they got to tell those shepherds that the baby Jesus was born. Well, we had a similar experience in my own family. My younger sister was in the hospital, ready to have a baby. And they said, well, it's going to be a little while, so go to sleep. And she woke up a few hours later and it was dark in her room and she heard some voices. And they were saying, she's coming, she's coming. Oh, it's time, it's time, she's coming. And they were so excited and she couldn't see who it was. And when they turned on the lights, there was nobody there. And when her baby was born, it was so exciting because her little baby has Down syndrome and is just the cutest girl. And those angels were there in that room so excited for her to be born. They are proclaiming her birth just like the angels do with baby Jesus. So also, Elder Holland said that a big job of the angels is to comfort us. And I've had that experience in my own life. Some Apostles and prophets and other general authorities have taught that righteous family members who die may continue to be an influence in the lives of their loved ones. President Joseph F. Smith said, 
our fathers and mothers, brothers, sisters, and friends who have passed away from this earth, having been faithful and worthy to enjoy these rights and privileges, may have a mission given them to visit their friends and relatives upon the earth again, bringing from the divine presence messages of love, of warning, or reproof, or instruction to those whom they have learned to love in the flesh. My dad died when I was a teenager, and I know there have been times in my life when he has been there with me. One time when I was in college, I got sick, and I got this bad fever, and I had to go to the emergency room. There was a big cyst on my back, and they had to cut it out, and I was all alone and in college. When I went back home, I had to lay kind of face down on my bed, and I was scared and sad, and then I felt a hand right on the center of my back. And nobody was in the room with me, but I felt it and I felt better. And I knew that my dad or someone like him was there saying, it's gonna be okay, you're gonna be okay. I'm sorry that you're alone when these things happen. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I think it's so cool. In 1 Nephi 32.3, it says, angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost. Wherefore, they speak the words of Christ Wherefore I said unto you, feast upon the words of Christ, for behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things that you should do. And if angels speak the words of Christ, that means they can speak through the scriptures. When my brother-in-law passed away in Afghanistan a couple years ago, I had a really neat experience helping out with the memorial and things like that. And as I was reading through the scriptures, trying to find scriptures that would go with the pictures that we had, some scriptures just popped right out at me. And it was like one for each kid. And the one that I especially remember was for his son Lincoln in Alma 38. It said, And now, my son, I trust that I shall have great joy in you because of your steadiness and your faithfulness unto God. For as you have commenced in your youth to look to the Lord your God, even so I hope that you will continue in keeping his commandments. For blessed is he that endureth to the end. And I really felt like that was straight from Brent to his son. And it was powerful and cool. Just so cool. What an amazing God that would let us have those experiences. We are never, ever alone. Joseph F. Smith said, I believe we move and have our being in the presence of heavenly messengers and of heavenly beings. We are not separate from them. I claim that we live in their presence. They see us. They are solicitous for our welfare. They love us now more than ever. Their love for us and their desire for our well-being must be greater than that which we feel for ourselves. Okay, so what do we need to do to have these experiences? What does it mean when it says that the Aaronic Priesthood holds the keys of the ministering of angels? And if you don't remember, I talked to Jax about this, I think back in May, and he had some cool things to say about it. But it says, Aaronic Priesthood holds the keys of the ministering of angels and all of the gospel of repentance and of baptism and the remission of sins. And the meaning is found in the ordinance of baptism and in the sacrament. Baptism is for the remission of sins and the sacrament is like being baptized again. And so you repent and then you take the sacrament and you renew those covenants and that means you can always have his spirit to be with us. And the ministering of angels is one of the ways that his spirit is with us. So if we 
repent and take the sacrament, then we are worthy to have those influence, to always have his spirit to be with us. And this is the priesthood that the 12-year-olds get. 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 15-year-olds, this is the priesthood they have. So the more we repent and the more we take the sacrament worthily and the more we recognize the spirit and these angels that are all around us, the more influence they're going to have on our life and the more they're going to get to whisper in our ears good ideas and how to serve other people. And then you get to be an angel, a physical angel to people on earth. There are angels on both sides of the veil. And when you start recognizing those promptings through the Holy Ghost, I mean, everything, all of the things that we've talked about, all of the angels, it all comes from Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Ghost. That's how they do it. But when we get good at that, then we get to answer other people's prayers. They get to answer our prayers and then we get to answer other people's prayers and everybody grows and everybody gets happier and we're not thinking about ourselves, we're thinking about other people and then we just have this life full of peace and comfort and knowing that we're not alone and all of those things are things that youth, teenagers, all of us, we all need. We need to know that we're not alone. We need to know that the Lord has answers for us and that they can be pointed out to us in the Book of Mormon. I believe that sometimes when we read the scriptures that we get to read the scriptures with those angels around us. They're always there, so why not? And maybe they're the ones that point out the things that we need to see. I don't know, but maybe it feels that way. And I'm just excited. I'm excited about Christmas. I'm excited about angels and the role that they played in the nativity and in our own lives. And I hope that this year, as you think about Christ's birth, that you also remember those angels and that it wasn't just in a story long ago, but it's happening now too. And that's all. Okay, bye. First and second books of Nephi, Jacob, Venus, Jeremiah, my words of Mormon and Mosiah, singing this is so fun. Alma, Helaman, third, fourth Nephi, Mormon, Ether, and Moroni, learn the teachings of the prophets in the Book of Mormon. Hey, 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 hey!